Hi, it's Casey, and welcome to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. There are two thoughts our guests share with us today, and they both center around joy, or the lack of it. David Essel says, you cannot have an addiction and be filled with joy. Bernadette Bloom says, the level of healing is joy. Simple, honest, pure, clean joy. So let's start with a smile and dive in. David Essel, a life coach and counselor, was part of the positive thinking movement, but he's here today to say affirmations alone won't cut it. From 1980 to 1996, I was one of those people that used to preach, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Whatever you think about, you bring about, and it's 80% nonsense. What? David says affirmations help move us forward by about 20%, but the other 80% is something he discovered in a very personal way. We've got that story coming up, and you could win his new book, too. First, we meet Bernadette Bloom, an esoteric healer who tells us how she moves energy through our different energetic bodies to attain better emotional and physical health. This time of year, there are so many people with colds and bronchitis, but Bernadette says you don't catch a cold just because you're exposed to germs. We have germs around us all the time. It's not like we just have the germ season happens to be in the wintertime. But what happens now, we just had an election. We just had Thanksgiving. We just had Christmas, New Year's. We're in tax season. We also had Kwanzaa and Hanukkah, and these are all stressors in our life, and it weakens our immune system for some of us. And then the germs go, look, there's a body. Let's go have fun and invade. So you really can't catch a cold. You can only let the germs come in if your immune system is compromised. Well, we must have plenty of people with compromised immune systems. Is there an emotional link to this? Yes. According to the work that I teach, the physical body is the last to heal, but it's also the one that manifests most of the illnesses. So the origin of a cold is on the emotional level. Okay. And that affects the physical level. The physical body is the last to heal. What's the first to heal, Bernadette Bloom? (laughs) Well, the physical body is the most dense. And the soul would be the first to heal. I listened to your recording of Penny Pierce, and I know, because you said this, that on your computer it says, get to know the soul that is your greater self. That is the sticky note on my computer. It truly is. (laughs) (laughs) That's the one. So what we do is we make a connection to the soul and allow that soul energy to come into your personality and then into your mental body. That's the way you think. Then into your emotional body, and then lastly into the physical body. I didn't know I had all these bodies. I really yes. didn't. That's amazing. Yes. So tell me again the, how many bodies I have. We have the soul, then we have the personality, then we have the mental body. That's how we think, everybody thinks. Then we have the emotional body. That's how we feel. And then we have the physical body. Oh, and the the physical physical body body is the last to heal. So do we heal first on a soul level? It depends upon what, to use a medical term, what the diagnosis is. If you have a cold, you would have to heal on the emotional level first, and then the physical body would be affected. If you have something that's more complex, like fibromyalgia, the origin of the, the imbalance is not on the emotional level, it's higher. 
So you have to find the imbalance and then bring that to balance and then bring it into the physical body. Okay, so fibromyalgia, you say the origin is not in the... Emotional body. Emotional body. It's higher. So you've, higher. Placed, you've placed our bodies in some sort of uh, ascension? We call it the constitution of the human being. And that's on my website. I put the constitution of the human being on my website so people could, could get to see the different layers right. of our being. If we were looking at the constitution of a human being on a spectrum, the body would be on one side, the dense level, and then what would be on the opposite opposing side? The, the body would be on the bottom. The bo- Okay, so we're going up. We're not going to say we'll ascension, but we're going up. The body's on yeah. the bottom. What's on the top? The universal life force, whatever you want to call that. There's in a twelve step program, it would be called your higher oh, power. Higher power, okay. People call it God. Okay. So let me ask stem. you this. God is part of our constitution? God is part of our body hierarchy? Yes. Oh my gosh. That makes sense. And, and, you know, this is what I say. You don't have to believe this, but just try it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, all right. We're all in. Bernadette Bloom is the guest. TheEsotericBloom.com is the website. And we're talking about esoteric healing. Now, you started your career, with, you know, hands-on the physical body, right? Correct. You were a physical therapist. I still am a physical therapist. Most people that come to me don't come to me for a pulled muscle. Right. They'll, they'll go to a more traditional physical therapist. That's pretty easy to fix. Most people that come to me have more complex situations, like the kids or the adults with autism or the diabetes or the fibromyalgia or the MS. Or the, the big one is post-traumatic stress. We have a lot of post-traumatic stress now. I have a lot of Downs kids that I see. That's wonderful. So when you're working with a patient who has Downs or um, is on the autism, spectrum do you make them understand uh, the hierarchy and all of that or how do you how do you reach clients like that that's that's a great question <laughs> no I don't make them understand but again they also have a spiritual side everybody has a, according to the constitution of the human being that we use everybody has a spiritual side whether in, you're in contact with it or not but most of these autistic kids and the Downs, for sure, they have a very big, 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 big spiritual side. So I say a prayer that we call the alignment and the attunement. It's a form of a prayer where we connect to their spiritual side and we ask for the highest and the best good to happen for them. Right. Whatever that is at this moment, at this time. And they get it. They get it. They chill out. They feel better. Their systems are calmer. They get it. When you're treating clients, are you hands-on, hands-off? How does that work? I was part of the National Institute of Health study on the effects of long-distance treatments on a rare form of brain cancer called geoblastoma multiforma. I never got to meet those people. They were all over the place, so that was all hands-off, but it was an approved study by the National Institute of Health. So I don't have to be hands-on. It's actually quicker for me if we do hands-off, and I always ask people, do you want to do this the fast way or you want to do this the slow way. Most people say, I want to do it the fast way. Tell me what that looks like. So I do the prayer, and if you go to my website, there's a blue picture. There's two people in the picture. The right-hand side would be the facilitator, and I connect myself to the universal life force or God or whatever, because energy follows thought. Facilitator centers and reaches to the higher power through prayer. Correct. Then I connect to the other person's spiritual side, and I make a triangle up to God, and I ask for the highest and the best good for this person. 
And then I bring all this healing energy from the other person through my spiritual side into my forehead and into my hands back into that person and ask for a balancing of the energy centers of the body that we call chakras. I want to get this straight. I think you said the healing energy comes from the client? The client's spiritual side, not their physical body. Uh-huh. It comes from their spiritual side. The spiritual side doesn't have the imbalance. Right. So we this, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because I'm often saying to my clients when they come and say, you know, this is broken or that is broken. And I say, no, no, no. There is a part of you that's incorruptible. There's a part of you that doesn't Correct. carry Correct. this brokenness. And I'm going to talk to that part of you. So Correct. For the purpose of this interview, there's seven chakras and there are vortexes of energy. There are wheels of energy. They go to different parts of your body and they do different things for your body. And when they get blocked or out of whack, sooner or later the physical body doesn't feel so good. Let's go back to the cold. When someone gets a cold, what, is that a chakra thing? What chakra is... There's there's two. There's the heart chakra which is in the center of the chest and that controls your immune system. It controls your blood. It controls your lungs. It controls your breath, to name a few things. And then the basic chakra, which is at the bottom of the spine, or some people call it the root chakra, that controls your adrenal glands. It controls your spine. It controls your kidneys. For some people, how they stand in life, or for some people, survival. So for those two chakras get imbalanced, and then we develop a doctor once said to me, a medical doctor, by the way, who had a huge um, esoteric heart, he said he believed that sometimes colds were just uncried tears. That could be. Isn't that interesting? I always, I sure. always hold that. Whenever I get a cold, I think, is there, do I want to cry? I'm leaking. You know, <laughs> is there anything going on here? And also, too, do people get colds because they expect to? Yes. Because you often hear this time of year, people say, oh, my God, I always get a cold this time of year. Last year, I was in bed for three weeks. Right. Or there's a cold going around, or all the kids in school are sick, and so I brought it home with me. I mean, if you think about what they say, I brought the cold home, how is that possible? That makes no sense. Well, a lot of people say, I touched a kid with germs, and then I I took the germs in. But you're, say, but you're saying that's not true because? One of my mentors is Dr. C. Norman Shealy, and he's a holistic neurologist. He started the American Holistic Association, and he wrote a book with Dr. Carolyn Mace, and he talks about the medical part, and he states a cold is not contagious. Wow. And then she talks about the energetic part. It's a great book. It was written in 1988, so it's older. But it's a great book for the layperson to have because then you can look through. Oh, what does the flu mean? Oh, what is the energetics? Oh, what does this mean? What is the energetics? You can develop a cold, like I said, because of a compromised immune system. Okay, so why? how come I'm not sick? If a cold's going around, how come I'm not sick? I work with kids. I have people sneezing on me all the time. You know, I don't have bronchitis, so I'm not super burned at. You know, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Right. What's the name of this book? The Creation of Health. The Creation of Health. All right. And you said Carolyn Mace? And Dr. C. Norman Shealy. Shealy. Great book. Shealy and Mace. And Mace is spelled M-Y-S-S. Right. Um, So let me ask you this. So if a cold is, you get a cold because your immune system is compromised, how does your immune system get compromised? Stress? Everybody has stress. I don't like to have people say, well, I'm so stressed out. What does that mean? It's unmanaged stress unmanaged stress. 
Okay. Unmanaged stress, your immune system gets compromised, and then you can get a cold. So Correct. if you are with the, the germy kids, oh, the poor kids are getting such a bad rep today, but um, <laughs> if you're with the germy kids, say you work in a school, you're not going to get their cold unless your immune system is compromised. But if your immune system is compromised, those kids can give you a cold? You, you, the germs can give you the cold. The germs. Yeah, the germs. Not the kids because they're not innocent. Not the kids, the germs. Yeah. They're innocent. All right. We are right. talking to Bernadette Bloom. <laughs> Find more at theesotericbloom.com. This is what you do for a living. This is how you pay your mortgage, right? Esoteric healing. This is how I, and I teach classes too, because I'm the only one in the New York tri-state area that does this work. I love to teach people what I know. I don't like to keep it a secret. So I teach classes in it, and it's open to anybody that wants to learn this model. It's very, very, very empowering so that we don't feel like, what am I going to do? Well, I teach you how to work on yourself. I teach you how to work on your family members. I teach you how to use this work, whether you're an attorney or whether you're a doctor, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a homemaker, whether you're a banker. It doesn't matter. I, I teach you how to use this work in all areas of your life. All right. So let's talk about some of your success stories, people that you've treated. What can you share with us? The first one is an autistic child that I've been working with. I've been working with him for three years, and his mom has taken my classes. He was very low on the spectrum. He, he, they couldn't take him out. They couldn't go to church. They couldn't go to the supermarket. He was very, very aggressive. He was biting the bus driver. You get the idea. And then I started to work with him every week. His behaviors began to change. So they can go to church now. They can go to the supermarket. They can take a walk. They can go on a family vacation. That was one. I had to put myself in this success story because I had really, really, really bad post-traumatic stress. And I wasn't getting better with cranial sacral work or therapeutic touch or polarity or psychotherapy or EMDR or herbs, homeopathy. I wasn't getting better. And when you go to the post office and you end up at the bank and you have no idea how you got there and you're driving, it's really, really, really scary. With this work, you can heal PTSD, and depending on how long you've had it, you can heal it fairly quickly. If you've had it for 20 years, it's a little bit more difficult. But we have so much PTSD after 9-11. Sure. I was working in New York City. It was just, I was taking the trauma out of everybody. Now, when and you say you're taking the trauma out of people, do you physically, do you reach into their energetic body and remove it, or do you release it, or do you blow it away? How does that happen? We connect with their spiritual side, which does not have the PTSD, ask for the highest and best good, and I ask the person to think about the thing that created the PTSD for them, real or perceived. So I have them think about it, and that what happens is that their energetic bodies begin to shrink and get really, really, really small. But I hold that spiritual connection, and then we allow the trauma to be lifted out of the energetic body, then there's a space. Why do the energetic bodies get small when they recall traumatic episodes? Because it's difficult. It's painful. Okay, so when an energetic body is in pain, it shrinks. Correct. For protection. For protection. And when it's filled with joy, it expands. Exactly. And joy, that's perfect. You said the word joy. The level of healing is joy. The level of healing is joy. So we have to help people get into joy most of the time. The level of healing is joy. The level of healing is joy. So we have to help people get into joy. 
All right, Bernadette Bloom, theesotericbloom.com. David Essel has something to say about joy, too. This life coach and counselor who once preached the power of positive thinking now says that's only 20% of the equation. So if I meditate on health and happiness, it won't just land in my lap? <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> no, Casey, it is amazing. You know, I, I've been in this industry for 36 years. From 1980 to 1996, I was one of those people that used to preach, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Whatever you think about, you bring about, and it's 80% nonsense. But I have all my affirmations, David. What's wrong with my affirmations? (laughs) My vision board, I'm picturing it all. I know, honey, and it's great. And that'll be about 20% of your success, okay? So we're not saying to people, don't be a positive thinker. Right. What we're saying is, let's get off this ridiculousness, this fantastical thinking, this illusion fantasy world that we've been taught to believe is true, Casey. It made us feel good for a long time one of the the best organizations in regards to scientific studies of the mind and affirmations is an organization called heartmath.org. Heartmath.org, they're awesome. And they have found through studies, scientific studies, that when you have a positive thought with a lot of emotion, that there's a cascade of chemicals, endorphins, serotonin, GABA, a dopamine released into the brain, which is good. You know, we love that. Yes. And that lifts your spirits and it makes you feel invincible. And, you know, when you have the affirmation, I am a size eight, when you're a size 24, it makes you feel good. When you have the affirmation, I'm a millionaire, when you're making $20,000 a year, it makes you feel good. But those chemicals last only a few seconds and then they disappear, which means you got to keep doing it and doing it, doing it. But even that, unless it's a miracle case, isn't going to change your life. All right. So by all our positive thinking and vision boarding and affirmations, we've really delayed our own success, haven't we? In some oh, ways. my God. Can I tell you a great story about myself and how, how I delayed my own sobriety with positive thinking? For 20 years, Casey, I would get up every morning as a international speaker, radio host, TV host, author, blah, blah, blah. I'd get up every morning and I would say this. I'm a child of God happy, healthy, and sober today. And every night for 20 years at 8 o'clock, I would open my first bottle of wine. And what it did was it gave me the illusion every morning that I was doing great stuff, right? I mean, heck, if you're saying you're a child of God, happy, healthy, and sober, well, that's great. Now let's go out and march that band and have some great time today and work hard and blah, blah, blah. But it kept me trapped. And so for all of our listeners, you know, that are wondering why when they have the vision board and the affirmations and the visualization, the weight is still there. Prince Princess Charming hasn't arrived. The money is still a struggle. It's because we bought into the illusion taught by many people like me that you can change your life with your thoughts. And unless it's a miracle, Casey, it ain't happening. David Essel's new book, Positive Thinking, will never change your life, but this book will. How did you find the missing link? Well, it was 1996, and I interviewed this guru in the world of personal growth. He's no longer with us, but he has, has had some of the, the greatest impact on this world, known to man in our industry. His name, he's the founder of Transcendental Meditation. His name is Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. The Beatles in, 19, in the 60s hooked up with Maharishi. He taught them Transcendental Meditation, and still to this day, Paul McCartney promotes it all over the world. It's that powerful. I had him on my show, my radio show, and Casey, he chose one media outlet in 1996 to celebrate the 40th anniversary of Transcendental Meditation, and it was us, and we were blown away. 
at the end of the interview, I couldn't remember anything other than the fact that this guy was filled with joy. Three weeks later, I'm speaking at a large conference in Orlando. I come off the stage. There's this little woman waiting for me, and she said, David Essel, and I go, yeah. She said, I just flew in from Iowa. I have 20 minutes to interview you, and I've got to fly right back. Can we grab coffee? So I'm going, oh, my Lord, heck yes. Who sent you? And she looked at me with this big smile and said, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. I said, he sent you from Iowa for a 20-minute interview? She goes, yeah. And she said, here's the question he wants to know. He loved being on your show, but he wants to know this. What do you remember from the interview? And I looked at her and I said, I really don't remember anything. She goes, oh, come on, stretch your mind. And I said, well, it's really weird because when I interviewed Deepak Chopra or Wayne Dyer, who was still alive back then, I could tell you the four major points that either of them shared. But I said, with Maharishi, the only thing I remember is that he was filled with joy. And she looks at me, Casey, and she goes, David Essel, I don't know if you're going to understand this now, but you will in the future. The reason that you only remember that he had so much joy is because you do not. Oh, my God. And I looked at her, Casey, and I said, what are you talking about? She said, I know, I know, it's hard to understand this. But, and I interrupted her, and I said, wait a minute. I live on the beach. I drive this. Right. <laughs> I travel the world. You know what I mean, Casey? Yeah. It's like I got really defensive because I had devoted my life to personal growth. And here's this chick who just met me saying, you don't have joy. So I ended the interview, told her, thank you very much. I still love Maharishi. I'm not sure about you. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I, you know, <laughs> three weeks later, 1996, Tuesday afternoon at 2.30, I awakened from another binge. Yeah. And that night, Casey, I looked in the mirror. And now remember, up until that point, every day for 20 years, I said, I'm a child of God, happy, healthy, sober. I looked in the mirror and I said... You cannot have an addiction and be filled with joy, David Essel. They don't match. They don't. There's, they, you have one, there's no room for the other. Absolutely. And Casey, if we're talking about an addiction to television, nicotine, sugar, alcohol, heroin, opiates of any type whatsoever, you know, the, the addiction to being right, whatever it is, you cannot have that and be joyful. And so what happened was that shattered my world because then I looked and said, wait a minute, I've been saying these affirmations and meditating and praying for 20 years and I don't have joy? Well, no, and the reason I didn't was because I didn't want to do the hard work. And that's the secret in our book. And we share hundreds of stories, Casey, about celebrities. I mean, it's endorsed by six New York Times bestselling authors. Jenny McCarthy, the celebrity TV radio host, she looks at me and she says, David, I, like millions of people, have bought into the nonsense of the secret and the law of attraction, and it doesn't work. And right. I said, no, you're right. 20% of those teachings work. But the rest of it is fantasy. All right. And let's not, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. It did serve a purpose at the time. And maybe it's just evolution. Maybe if we got enough people on board with positive thinking, which I'm sure did some good, at least it made people maybe a little uh, less um, difficult to be around. So, and, and, right. And now we've evolved and we know when you know more, you do more. So, so you found that we've got to put the hard work in. Can you give us just a little bit, give us a couple of tools that can gear them up for the work that's on the way. We believe the first 30 to 60 minutes of every day should be devoted to affirmations, journal, gratitude journaling, prayer, meditation. This is the most crucial time of the day right. to, to use those tools. After that, you don't need them. In, in the book, we share stories about people that had affairs in a relationship. And they came into work with me as their counselor and coach, and they weren't sure they wanted to continue with their marriage. You know, it's like, oh, my God, we've had an affair. When they both, now here's a key that's going to rock some cages here. 
when both the person who cheated and the person who did not owe up to their role in the dysfunction of their relationship, which is really hard work, especially for person B, the person that didn't cheat. Like, they have a role. You know, for, for 27 years now, I've been, a, I've been a counselor and a coach. And, and every couple that heals does the hard work by accepting responsibility, Casey. And you know what? 100% of the couples that we've worked with where there's been an affair, where they both see that they've got to look for their role in it, they heal and they become even more in love. As they say in the rooms, you got to keep your side of the street clean. And in every disagreement, there's two sides to the street. Casey, you just nailed it. All right, so do the hard work because positive thinking will never change your life. That's David Essel's new book. And we've got to let you run, but you have a special offer for our listeners? If this irks you a little bit, just like when I interviewed that woman and the the woman said to me, you know, you have no joy and it irked me. If this triggers you and you go, oh, that can't be true, get chapter one of our book for free at talkdavid.com. Chapter one free at talkdavid.com. And if you like what I'm saying, get the chapter for free. And you will be amazed and you'll want the rest of it because it's filled with proof and facts. And you know what, Casey, you don't get six New York Times bestselling authors to endorse your book if it's wrong. (laughs) He's a joyful one, David Essel at TalkDavid.com, who reminds us that true change comes from looking at ourselves and lovingly taking care of our side of the street and accepting responsibility for where we are. Do your affirmations and meditating, too. They do grease the wheels of change. I have an electronic copy of David's book to share. Let me know if you'd like that. KCRadio at gmail.com. And visit KCRadio.com to find out about the February 12th Big Love event coming to Peekskill. I'll be there to introduce you to a transformational life coach who will personally give you the tools to fall in love with your life. So our thoughts for the week from David Essel. You can't have an addiction and be filled with joy. And from Bernadette Bloom. The level of healing is joy. See you next week. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show with Casey, an Ella's Leash production. The content of Shine On, the health and happiness show is intended for general information purposes only. You can listen to previously broadcast shows online at caseyradio.com. Join Casey for another edition of Shine On, the health and happiness show next Sunday morning from 100.7 WHUD. 